welcome everybody back to After the Checkers. I am Kyle Hall and I have an extremely well-known guest, I think, this week uh, in Jeff Provenzino or Provenzino, depending on apparently geographically where, where you are standing right now depends on what his last name is. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, good to see you. Absolutely. So so tell us about that, your your last name there. Your, you, you would just, because I... Cause I I always try to ask and make sure that I'm saying it right because uh, like you and I don't hang out weekly or anything like that. And so, um, <laughs> so you said if it, if you're North, it's Prov and Zeno. Well, I just noticed like uh, when we get uh, South of Hinkley, which is, I don't know, two hours from here, seems like it turns into Prov and Zeno when it's North of Hinkley, it's Prov and Zeno. So <laughs> I've been called worse too. So yeah, for sure. I bet one. you have yeah. What, so like growing up, what it like what did mom and dad say? Provenzino. Provenzino. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's probably right, is Provenzino. Um and then uh maybe your brother's got the right just to go by Provo. Yeah, it's Provo <laughs> or Provo. It's the same thing. So. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, Provo. Yeah. I that would be I hadn't even thought of it because it just flows Joe Provo yeah. versus Joe Provo. Yeah, it works either way. So yeah. Um. So let's talk about you though, not not your your uh, less famous brother. Like he's just a he does all of the stickers and clothing. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about um about your career. And so when did when did racing start for you? Like, I know you've been, you've been doing a long time. I've even before I was announcing, I heard your name as a spectator. Uh, but how long have you been wheeling a car? A car. Well, I mean, in high school, we started, I had some buddies that raced and, you know, I've pitted for them and I did drove one Pittman race and ended up finishing second and almost won. And I'm like, man, I need to do this. And yeah. So the next year I built the car and, that was ball around 1992, I believe, somewhere in there. So it's, so it's been a minute or two. <laughs> doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it's been a long time. When you yeah, think that's that's 30 years. Yeah. 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 That's awesome, though. So and what what class was that? Well, it was a class in Hibbing called Hobby Stocks, which is yeah. basically a modern day pure stock, except the cars were twice as long. They were big 1971 Impala four-door they were big, heavy cars. Nice. And, uh, it, it was a fun class, really competitive. Um, we had to drive the wheels off them things. I mean, it, they were heavy cars. In fact, I actually was used to drive so hard back then that I you couldn't keep a right front tire on the car; it would blow the bead. Oh, so really? I went okay. Talked to I went and talked to a guy at a tire shop, and he says, "Well, I can order you this ten or twelve ply tractor tire for the right front." So I went and got one of those, and honestly, I ran that thing for two years without getting a flat tire. So wow, um, just because this is so the side. Well, them cars were heavy, and I was pretty aggressive back then. And uh, back then, yeah, yeah still. <laughs> um, but yeah, them cars were. Man, I don't even know what they weighed. They were heavy cars, they were big, heavy Impalas. But fun, like that's the like I I think it would be yep. fun to get a a a a bunch of those old 
you know, if a guy can find them like uh, just old big cars and then get a bunch of guys like yourself that have been doing it for a long time at the highest modified late model type drivers and then yep. put them back in there, throw a helmet on and that's it. Three point seat belt and just go yeah, beat I, them up. Thinking back, it was, it was fun. It was work, but you didn't think it was work back then. It was just fun. And I mean, that's all we lived to do back then. Yeah. Yeah. Just fun at all costs. That's, that's kind of the, yeah. uh, the the motto of every every good youth that has good stories in their in their old age that that was kind of the motto back then is just whatever it takes to have fun so yeah um, so 30 years of racing take us through the the sort of the timeline of so how long were you in the in the hobby stock then three years in that um and then we moved to super stocks was was all the super stocks i ran three years of that um and then we made the move to the late models. Um, wow. That's I quick. had a couple. Yeah. I had a couple uh, stints with a, well, I shouldn't even say it was just a few, three, four weeks or times in a, in a modified, which was a nightmare. It was nothing. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. I mean, so I didn't really run much modified. And then we got into late models and then around 2009 or 10, I had a sponsor that, I built a brand new modified Ford. He didn't end up driving it. So I ended up wheeling that thing for a couple of years and, and actually went and we won. We were fast with that thing for two years and just got to be too much. I, uh, you know, there's guys that can do both, which um, it's crazy. I can drive both, but I ain't going to sit and work on both. It's too much, especially nowadays with all the stuff you got to do. Yeah. It's a, we've talked about that before on the show here and, and the, the, engineering and the technology and the just the physics the math that goes into being a race car driver today is is a lot yeah it's crazy and so um so do you, when did you start building because you you are 28 special race cars right yeah about 10 years ago um we kind of uh me and a buddy here in town, we kind of built one together and he kind of fabbed everything. And we just took the frame home and, and did our own thing. And we, 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 we won with it right away. We, we kind of struggled on some slick racetracks back where we used to be really good on. We still won, but I didn't really plan on like selling cars to the public, but then I kind of scrapped that, that idea for a year and we went back to work i actually met scott bloomquist in person became good friends with him in that time and kind of told him i built this car and he just told me a bunch of sh you know shit i did wrong and i <laughs> went back that winter and started cutting and moving shit and we took that car out in the spring and that we went on and won 10 features that year and that car was wow. absolute dynamite and it's too bad because we we all the shit i changed we really didn't have it jigged <laughs> And I destroyed that car in Huron at the Risotto 100. And that was a violent crash. Nobody's ever had video footage of that, which I've always wanted to see. But yeah, it, it was, there was nothing left of that car. So I was pretty lucky to get out of that car. Well, anyway, we had to go back to the drawing board and start over. And, you know, it, you know and then we're yeah. you know, fast forward today. That's where we're at. Yeah. I, that would be heartbreaking. Not only do you wreck your car, obviously safe car. If you, if you got up and got out of the car, uh, yeah. 
But if if it if it was a super set up well successful race car and there was no sort of like this is how to rebuild that exactly the same way that sucks. Well, we had a jig, but there was some stuff on there that I just had to. It, we had to refigure it out. It, sometimes it takes a little longer, yeah. but you know, and the sport actually started changing big time back in about the same time we're getting into spring smasher and bump stops and stack springs and all that stuff. And just, uh, that was a learning deal for everybody too, but you know, um, you know, it just, so it's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> just, you can't stop technology. No, it, and it's, it's the, you know, some people call it cheating. Some people call it innovation. Like I, I think it's just the progression of the sport. There's you, you, every, every racer in every form of racing is looking for that, that, you know, if, if you can get another 10th of a second per lap better than everyone else, well, in 10 laps, I'm a second ahead of you kind of thing. And so um, that's, that's a huge deal. And so if you can find those little edges here and there and, you know, the guys that have the talent and the smarts to go, if I do this, it's going to affect it this way. And then, so you, you have the opportunity to go change those things and test those things. And if they work, they make the notebook. And if they don't, well, then you throw that away and, and try something else kind of thing. So, well, that's, what's tough too, because it's really, I mean, for what we're, you know, with soda stuff is really hard because the lineup system is absolutely bullshit in plain English. I can't stand it. It drives me nuts. And I just have a bad, you know, the, you know, what really drives me nuts about it is, you know, they, it rewards you for, there's a lot of guys that pull off this point average system. It's just, it's, it's, it's so outdated. Yeah. It needs to be changed. Uh, and I, I've never, you know, I mean, we, we, we really don't break. We're consistent and we finish a lot, but that actually doesn't do you any good. It puts you back in the fourth and fifth row. A lot of these races right. and track prep, but a lot of racetracks, I ain't going to bullshit. It's terrible. It's they're lazy. They don't get a lot of racy racetracks anymore. I'm not saying all of them and, and it, but it does happen more than it yeah. should. And then you got, too many classes that that then anybody you got no laps left you got eight lap heat races instead of 10 or 12 i mean that it's really hard to get an edge anymore yeah no for and i would i would agree it, with you i'm a i'm a big proponent of less classes you know yeah. and and it's even even if we if we keep the classes that we have you know because who who do you kick out you know um but racetracks just decide we're, we're these four classes. And then the, the, this other racetrack is these four classes. And then, and then maybe somebody's got to, somebody's got to start it. Yes. Somebody's got to start it. And then when they see it successful, other tracks always do what everybody, if it's successful. Yeah. Yeah. Ball. Copycat. I mean, you're just, we're at the point to where six, seven classes is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. there's some that have 10. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's 10. a, a a track not far from me that's a consistent eight or nine different classes every every week that they race and yeah. and it's it's not good like it you know to have to and then you and then you have 90 cars so you have 10 cars per class and and it's not really 10 cars per class because but you could have 90 cars in four or three or four class yes yeah 
Yeah. And you could have a show done in three hours instead of six. Yes. Yeah. And you yep. and and that's what drives fans away. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. No one likes to sit there for six hours, seven hours. No. I, I it's it's all mixed up spaghetti at most of these racetracks. Yeah. Nope. I I I am at one point, I, I will admit that at one point I was not that guy. I'm like, you know what? Let everyone race. They're they're spending their money too. Let everybody race. But the more the more involved that I get on the promotion side of things, it's four, maybe five classes, and that is it. And I mean, who wants to watch a six-hour hockey game or a six-hour no. football game? It's three hours, yes. three hours and fifteen minutes. That's what you want to yep. do. Every I mean, major sport, every every major anything that's entertainment is is based on three hours. Football games, okay. baseball games, soccer games, hockey games, movies. Like all of this stuff is, is in that less than three hour range. And if, it, and if it, you have a big caution and you bleed into three and a half hours because the track was down for a while or whatever it is, so be it. But it, it, this five, six hour stuff has got to stop. Well, the streaming stuff now is, is kind of, <laughs> that's where everybody's making the big money. And, and the more classes, the more subscriptions, the more they want your money. They don't care if it's a, pure stock a hornet a late model modified they want your 40 bucks a month and they want your uncle and their uncle and their neighbor everybody and everybody they don't yeah. care if it's a hornet that's so that on that side is where they're making the big money and the cats out of the bag on all of it everybody knows you know and and that's why you're seeing some of these bigger purses at some of these events and it needs to happen on a local level somehow too. Yeah. You know what, what we race for is a joke in Wasota. It's a joke on a weekly, and that's why I don't yeah. do it much anymore. It's just it's so much work for so little money that not worth it. Know, yeah. Something needs to be done about it. I mean, it. You know, I mean, you see it on the big. You know, you see it on the big late model stuff. I mean, it doesn't maybe have to get that extreme, but we got to get going in that direction. Somehow. Yeah. No, I would agree with you, and it. I think what it takes is not that I'm an expert or, or want to throw my head in the ring as a, as an opinion even, but it's, it, it takes asking, you know, it, it, I look at some other sanctioning bodies and and you look at their big races and there's, there's $20,000 worth of stuff and, and between money and stuff surrounding the car in, in victory lane. And, yeah. and then you go to our big race and it's, Here's here's your fifteen hundred dollar check for the, your this hundred thousand dollar car that you have sitting here, and yeah, I mean and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yep. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Time to modernize this, this stuff on a local level. I mean, it just it has to be. I mean, yep. it, it's it's too hard to do this for a hobby for for a lot of people. I will say this is I don't necessarily think it's a Wasoda thing only though either is it's it I think no it's a, I'm not saying that I just I'm just yeah. basing off where I've been racing and I go I go down south here we pavel a little bit here and we're going to be doing more of you know some of the 604 crate late model racing that racing for five and ten and twenty and thirty thousand a win with a ten thousand dollar engine yeah I mean we talk about crate motors up here, 525, 604, like it's new. These been around for 20 years already. Mm. 20 years, and we're starting to talk about them here the last couple of years. I mean, you know, you're 18 years behind time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Exactly. So, um, 
So let's talk about your other your other little passion in life there. I don't even know if it's a passion. We'll find out here is you're you're like the barbecue master as well. So you're you weld, you know, design and weld cars, bend bodies and and all that other stuff, send them over to your brother to get stickers put on them. And then you you're out cooking ribs and in pork butts. You know, yeah, it's something that we just stumble upon. Um, we're really busy in the summer. You know, there is nobody nobody in dirt late model race not scott bloomquist not mark richards not anybody that does what i i mean i physically order the tubing i pick it up i bend it i notch it i weld it i put it together i do all everything and assemble the cars set them up i drive the hauler i am you know we i do every there's nobody not one person that does what i do and i ain't afraid to say it i i i listen to mccready and i listen to these interviews that oh i gotta find somebody to drive the truck and i listen to these guys say how hard they don't know a lot of these guys don't know what hard work is they think it's hard work but you know yeah i mean and we do that in the summertime and then we you know obviously all our racing and then we do we have high on the hog barbecue which stumbled on, I mean, we built a grill and some stuff here about six years ago, just for not to build a business, just to have one. And then just kind of involved into, uh, we did a few things right away and they were really took off and made a couple thousand bucks right away. And like, man, we could probably make money doing this. So now it's just turned into, you know, we have a big smoker trailer that we do ribs and chicken and we do weddings and, uh, Christmas parties and grad Whatever. parties yeah. and just anything. And it's, it's kind of a good mix because it's, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's fun to do, but I'll tell you what people say, Oh, you know, you should just do that and not race. But I'll tell you what I picked about the two hardest things to do work prep work. And I mean, it's yeah. no easier than racing. It's yeah. just as much work. you got prep work and cleanup and it's, it's really not, it's really not easy. I it would easy. imagine it's probably a lot like racing in that, like the part that people see is this much of it and go, yeah. man, that looks pretty fun. I could smoke some stuff and sell it. But then, yeah, they, then they, they the see other... you slinging, uh, they see you slinging the stuff on the grill and putting money in the till, but they don't see the stuff after and before. Right. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, you know, it, it, but it, but I enjoy it. It's, you know, I ain't afraid of hard work, you know? So, I mean, but, but I do enjoy it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've had it. You're, it seems like you're the last couple of three years, you're always over at the Wasota 100 and up on top of the hill there. And I always waddle my fat butt over there. And like, you got, it's like a tradition for me now to go get a, a pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. I mean, at the Wasota 100, it's crazy because we race and we, yes. we do barbecue. I'm up, I'm up there in my driving suit. Uh, in between races and you know let's see jonathan davenport do that yeah exactly i mean yeah Yeah. you know these it's it's you know i mean it it is a lot of work but like i said it's i enjoy it and sometimes i amaze myself because i don't know how the heck we do all this stuff sometimes you just keep doing it that's how you do it man you just do it and so (laughs) i I like your i like your analogy like i i'm picturing you know b shep like Hold up, boys! I'm 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 on my way to staging. I gotta go get the barbecue sauce off my hand, so I get my gloves on, kind of thing. Like that's that's just never gonna happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. And so, especially 
just the way the Wasota 100, like you couldn't be further from the pits where oh, like, I know. yeah, I you're know. a long ways away from your car. Yeah. And I, well, we've, we've done it every year. Well, the one year COVID year, we didn't do it, but we've done it at the 100 at ever since it's been at uh, I-94. So yeah. I don't know. What has it been there? Five, four, five years. Uh, we've done it four out of five or three yeah. out of four. I don't Yeah. It's I, it that's a, five and years that's now. an absolute, that's, I can't even walk on Sunday when we're done. It seems like, I mean, all the miles we've put exhausted. On, oh yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then you get it like, you know, you go out and race, you get your adrenaline all sky high, and then you got to bring all that back down, run up, make sure there's not running out of food, but no, you really have a team. And honestly, the car kind of, <laughs> the car doesn't get much love that weekend. I and bet. We got, we got some, you know, it just seems like we're short on health there that weekend, but we seem to manage, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Well, the way I would look at it is this way, Jeff, is one of those is for sure going to pay off. And one of those, there's an opportunity for it to pay off, but one of them is a, a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so give the love to the guaranteed money. Give give yeah. the the leftover time to the to the car is the way I would look yeah, at. I could have leave just as well leave the car home, you know, a few times. We just ain't gone our way there this year, you know. Uh, maybe not this year, but I mean, a couple years past, we just just seems like you know. I mean, you know, I ninety four, you can get in trouble there, wrecks yeah. and stuff happens quick on the racetrack. There. Yeah, yep. That's a it's a big, fast, wide track, but it, you're right, especially in your class, you guys are moving so fast. It's, yeah. I, it's a wonder, like the, the late models, like the, the full blown late models and, and sprint cars are, it's a, it's astonishing to me how much you guys are moving around at, you know, a hundred plus miles an hour and, yeah. and that there isn't a wreck every single damn lap. It's just, <laughs> it's crazy to me to watch. Yeah, it must be the adrenaline. Is there so as a guy that's done modifieds and done supers and that sort of stuff? Is the is the adrenaline higher in one versus the other? I don't know. I mean, the speed is more. I guess I don't know. Adrenaline's adrenaline. I mean, yeah, you got a wall around you there. You, there's nowhere to escape there. You know that it. You know, if you think you're dead, you don't have time to think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that it's crazy. You know, you can't be thinking on what's gonna happen or, or it's it just a reaction. Happen. Yeah, yep. yep, yep. No, I like that. I like that answer. So, okay, so we always do a a, a little segment on the show now called Track Term of the Week, and it's it's a you know dirt track racers have their a unique vocabulary. There's, you know, there's all the different setup terms and there's this, just the slang for, you know, the high side and, you know, running the low side or loose and tight, all these different terms that dirt track guys know what they are, but the outside world maybe doesn't. And so I thought the appropriate term for Jeff Pro Provenzino uh, would be letting it eat. What is letting it eat? Because you're a barbecue guy, but you're also a dirt track guy. And so so it makes sense, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, it means uh, putting it up on the high side, pitching her sideways, and, and standing on it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean there's uh, that's letting her eat. 
Yep. That I would agree with you. That's a hundred percent. What I would say it is too, is just bark flying off the wall. <laughs> exactly. Panel just dragging a little bit standing up. Yeah. Yeah. Just letting it eat like that. That right rear is just digging. I, I always love when a, when a car is really good and hooked up because you can hear the engine lug just a little, yeah. you know, cause usually they're like wound out, you know, whatever RPMs you guys are running and it's, it's kind of a high pitch kind of noise. But when you, when it's really eaten hard, like <laughs> it, it's just, blah, you know, around out of the corners. And it's, that's, it's my favorite late models are my favorite thing in the world of dirt track anyways. Uh, but when it gets like that, when you guys are, are not necessarily playing follow the leader around the top that I hate that. Uh, but if there's if there's a couple guys in the middle and a couple guys down low and then one or two brave souls, like you say, taking the taking the the breakaway part of the rear wing off the car lap after lap, that is uh, there's nothing sexier than that in the whole damn world, man. I think the the term letting her eat should be uh, for my, for me would be West the old West Fargo the big half mile. It's the only time I've ever been scared in a race car back like 1999. We were there and it was misting and we were just Ooh. flying around there on the top. And the, in the rain, it was, it was just, it was misting enough to where they actually brought us off the track about halfway through and it quit. And then we, you know, it was just that black gumble. Yeah. And we were, I think they clocked us at like one thirty back then. This is in 1999, and them cars ain't as fast as they, you know, obviously are now. But yeah. my suit was pounding on my chest on the back straightaway, and I remember it was just like I said, it was misting, and then would quit. But it was we we were letting her eat that. That 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 is a that's a good a good let it eat memory right there is what that is. Yeah. So yeah, if anybody don't remember the old West Big West Fargo racetrack, yeah. that place was fast. I've been to Eldora. I mean, it's faster. It's faster than any. I think it's the fastest racetrack I've ever been on. So it is. That is the first racetrack that I ever saw sprint cars on, and it was <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... had had to have been maybe like nineteen eighty five, eighty four, eighty six, somewhere in that range. Um, and it, so it was like, like Steve Kinzer, Mark Kinzer was just coming around in a sprint car, uh, slamming Sammy, uh, Wolfgang was still racing. Like th those were the guys. Yeah. And cars would be crazy on that track. Oh, it was it, like they, I remember, um, uh, Jack Hoddenchild, um, who actually was a wild child back now he's, they call him the wild child, but he's 60. <laughs> Uh, um, they, they, he come down the back stretch and, and kind of pitched it for the corner and, and it caught, like he hit something and it, it just tumbled like sprint cars always crash. I would say a sprint car crashing is like bowling with a football. It's just never going to do the same thing twice. And, yeah. um, and he just went ass over tea kettle forever and ever and ever. Uh, and there, I, if I, if memory serves, 40 years ago, there was no wall. And so I think it, I think he went just up and over the edge of the track and it was bad. So yeah, yeah. Bad news. It, it was fast for damn sure. So, but yeah, that's letter eat. So next segment is the yourmth.com rapid fire question. So uh, your MTH, it's a, a website. It's a, a car dealership, Minnesota Trek headquarters. Everybody knows Mike Jordette. 
a massive race fan, massive race dirt track supporter, um, uh, a big supporter of the show here. And so encourage everybody, if you're looking for a vehicle, whether it just be one of their big custom GRE trucks, or whether it's just a, a minivan or a, a Tahoe, a commercial vehicle, I, I guess he's got toters and that sort of stuff as well for huh. race teams. Um, and if he doesn't have them, he'll find them. He's, he's that kind of a guy. So yourmth.com rapid fire questions. Question number one for you, Jeff, is which now there's seven wonders of the world. And I should have, I should have written down the seven wonders of the world, but we'll do them from memory. Which of the seven wonders of the world would you like to visit the most? Now I'll, I'll do the ones that I, I can think of off the top of my head. There's Niagara Falls, the Grand Canyon, um, the Egypt, uh, the pyramids in Egypt. I think the Taj Mahal is one of them. Um, maybe the great wall of China where, where <laughs> of, of those, where would you like to visit the most? The Taj Mahal. Yeah. In India. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a reason <laughs> why? Wow. Like to have a race shop like that. <laughs> exactly. That's I remember the uh back in the day when when NASCAR like went from the old boy club to started like getting some real money in it that was Earnhardt's um they called oh, it yeah. Garage Mahal like his <laughs> the, the first big giant shop kind of a thing so yeah no that would be I was I was uh yeah that would be wicked awesome to have something like that so Okay, so speaking of that exact your what you just said, recently there's this two billion dollar Powerball. If you won that, Jeff Provenzino's his numbers come up. Powerball's twenty eight, and he wins he wins the Powerball. What is the first thing that he spends money on? Well, probably build a big race shop, uh, a bigger one, a bigger um, one, yeah. And I would probably, <laughs> we were just joking about this the other day. We'd probably keep this, the shop I have now, we'd just fill it full of motors from one end to the other. That yeah, would be pretty badass. You'd have to, you'd have to call every engine supplier you can, but we would have, we would have them all. We'd have a spare motor or 12 or 100? 12 would probably yeah. be 35, 40 of them in here. That would be cool. That would, like, just to, yeah, it would be fun to just have that unlimited funds where you can just, you never race a car, you know, never race a, a motor more than five nights and just always got a fresh bullet, just always brand new stuff. We wouldn't be building cars anymore either. We'd be buying everything. I wouldn't be, I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't even race anymore. I don't know. <laughs> we <laughs> Really? We'd have well, fun I, though. I thought about I that too. Like, cause I've always, I've always said that if I, if I ever, if I won something like that, I would buy a racetrack and like make, a just a a like a local track mini Bristol kind of a thing where it's surrounded by things and it's just state of the art everything and I could give a rip whether I made money or lost money because I got more money than I could know what to do with and and then you think I don't know one racetrack owner that's like having fun like that like they're <laughs> like every one of them's under stress and like why would you do that to yourself you know yeah we yeah. we'd uh, i know we'd have fun and, uh <laughs> we'd work less than we're doing now but uh, <laughs> we definitely it, have fun 
there's a there's a good opportunity that, that neither one of us are ever going to have to worry about it. I didn't even check my numbers actually from yeah. last night. I see I heard somebody won, but they did. Yeah, some some guy in California won two billion dollars with a B. <laughs> That's it's nuts. So yeah. Uh so speaking of nuts, what drives Jeff Provenzino nuts at the racetrack? Like, what is your pet peeve? A different driver's activities or something that you do yourself that you wish you didn't. What is what is something that drives you nuts? Well, that's an easy question for me because I've I've seen it since I've been a kid, and the absolute drives me nuts is when they and I see this at a lot of racetracks, a call made on the racetrack against the driver, whether it's right or wrong. I mean, it just seems like the favoritism at certain racetracks drives me crazy. Yeah. And um, I think I've been on the receiving end of that a lot, which just coincidentally is bad. And I'm not saying it cause it's me because I, I mean, but, I I've seen it, but it's not even when it's me, I'm just saying in general, because, yeah. you know, people don't realize what a lot of people, how hard people work in their garages to go do that. And you're out there and, and you can just have some guy that's in the infield that's getting 10 bucks a night to be a corner guy to make a call when he doesn't know nothing about it. And it, yeah. that, that drives me nuts. And it always has, and it, it always will. I mean, yeah. I always, I always think, and I get it because you're, no one is going to, um, I don't know how to put it. Like there's, there's an honor among thieves, right? And so if you, sometimes you're going to get one and sometimes you're, you're going to get had kind of a thing. You're, you're going to be on the good side of that call or the bad side of that call every time that that comes up. And I, I wish there was more drivers. I've seen it in my announcing career where, where a, a driver will stop on the track. It, after a, a, a call has been made, a driver will stop, a corner worker will come around or, a, you know, what do you need? And, and, and they'll say, hey, that was on me. Like I caused that caution. I should go to the back, give that guy a spot back. And I've, in, in 15 years of announcing, I've seen that five times maybe where somebody goes, nope, that was, that was on me. I caused that caution. <laughs> I should go to the back and, and pipe dream world. I, I would like to see more of that. Like if, if, if you, if you know, you got under somebody and, and you turned them, put yourself to the back, like just put yourself yeah. back there kind of thing, you know? Uh, now no one's going to do that or very few people are going to do that, but it's uh, I would like to see more of that. <laughs> In my delusional racetrack world. Well, I just, it, I don't know how you fix it, but it just seems like some tracks are worse than others. And, and yeah. I, I, I have seen it my whole life, even yep. before I started racing. You yeah, know? And for I sure. Just, you know, you shake your head at some of this stuff and it's like, you know, that might not be a big deal to some people, but some people it is. I mean, it's huge. You know? Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, you're going to, you know, some of these places you can see instant replay, you know, now they have replays, you know, I'm not saying you're going to have that at every track, but you can sure see people get it wrong. So what is, what is your opinion on it? If, if it's at the track, should it be used? You got to use it. I mean, yeah. we got spring smashers and shock dinos in our trailer. We're using them. Why? Yeah. You know why? I mean, it's, it, it, I say use it. 
I mean, yeah. yep. I'm a, I'm I mean, a if it's not sitting everything. there holding the program up, I mean, you know, yeah, it doesn't like I, at the track where I announce there's, we, we have it more often and we don't have it every single week because it depends on which camera crew is there, but more often than not, it's, it's available and it's a, it takes 60 seconds and, and you can see a slow-mo instant replay of, of exactly what just happened. Now they, the camera has to be on the incident and, yep. and it's, you're only getting one angle. It's not like the NFL where there's 17 cameras and you can slow it down and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But it's the fact of the matter is, is I, if, if more people just take, just take, don't look at the, the number on the car and just look at the incident. It is. Well, then it goes back to what I just said. I mean, favoritism, call. you know, yeah. I mean, it's not holding the show up and you can a hundred percent see on replay that it was wrong or, you know, right or wrong yeah, or right whatever. or wrong. Yeah. I don't know why, you know, fix it, use it, yep. use it, get the right call. That's what you want to do is get the right call in yep. the end. And agreed. You know, that's all you can ask for. Agreed. Yep. So, um, you, you talked about question number four here just a little bit when you were out in Fargo years ago. Uh, what is your what is your biggest fear in the car? I don't know. I've really never had any fear, honestly. I mean, when you sit and think about it, if you're, you know, I've rolled over, flipped over. I think the only, you know, fire maybe be, you know, I don't ever think of fire, but I mean, yeah. if you're there, you know, one time when I was rolling over, I was upside down and the, I seen gas and methanol running all over. I mean, I guess if, there would have been a spark or something that would have been um fearful scary but yeah. <laughs> i think the worst thing is sitting there upside down getting hit is probably you know if you if just say if you you know if your roof was facing the wrong way and a guy yeah. come by and hit you i mean i i think you were uh i think that might be it you know yeah yep yeah kind of the ryan <laughs> newman you, you like at the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago when Ryan Newman got yeah. hit right in his driver's door. You're up, you know, he was upside down and got hit again. Now there's speeds there going 200 miles an hour, but but it's really uh, not about the speed, it's the right angle. I mean, Dale Earnhardt, who thought he would die? Yeah. In that wreck? I mean, yeah, that, that was just the right angle or the wrong angle, I guess, whatever you, you know, way you look at it. But yep. I mean, it's you know, it isn't always about the speed all the time, so for sure, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Last question is always a little, a little deeper is, um, what can money not buy for Jeff Provenzino? What money can't buy? Yeah. Hmm. It's a little deeper question, isn't it? I can't buy the pole position in any race. <laughs> That's Well, I don't know about that. You get the right guy. He'll get you up there. I've tried. You can't do it. I mean, <laughs> that goes back to one of your other questions, a pet peeve of mine is I don't know how some of these guys can draw the front row continuously. I seen this for 20, 25 years. I ain't mentioned any names, but it's I've raced with against these guys for this guy. I mean, I've seen it in a modified and a late model, especially this How year. How is up front? I, I mean, I, I ain't taking nothing away from there. He's a good driver, but my God, how could you be that lucky? You should be, he should have bought a lottery ticket. I was just going to say, it should be in. I just don't get it. I've seen this in, not just in one class, two classes, heat race feature. I mean, I mean, this goes on 
for I've seen this for years and years and years, and I just drives me nuts how somebody could be that lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's where that's where you need the revenge redraw. And so, like, whatever you you pick up the eight and give it to him, kind of thing. Like, that's the you put that guy to the back, whoever yeah. that is. So, um, <laughs> yeah. okay, so that's the your MTH uh rapid fire questions. Uh, love, love those. Like, that's my favorite part of the whole deal. So, um, last part of it, and then we'll let you go here, Jeff, is the um, uh rascal aluminum pay it forward question this is this is the segment where my last guest gets to ask you a question and then you get to ask my next guest a question and so uh and it's all brought to you by rascal aluminum which is a uh it's father daughter team that started an aluminum company called rascal aluminum all every one of you guys uses aluminum to to build your cars out of and when you when you need some they've got it and so and it's They've got it for everything. This is kind of rebuild your car season. So they've got it for all your race cars. And then for guys that don't necessarily get on the car right away and maybe they go out fishing, you can, they have it cut so that it, you can build fish houses out of it too, which is pretty awesome as well. So, hmm. um, okay. So my last guest uh, is rapidly becoming the, the, the female uh, hot Carl. Uh, so do you, you know that, you know, Dennis Zek, right? Yeah. Yeah. So his I, I wife, know. yeah, you know of him. Yeah. So his wife, Laura Zek has taken control of his racing page and, and is lighting the world on fire. She's so funny. She's, it's just hilarious to watch when you, he, when he's at the races and she's watching the races, she's constantly putting posts on there on Facebook and it's, freaking hilarious and so we had her on to talk about the wife's perspective of of racing um and her question for you was when will you know what signs will it be when it's time to to hang the steering wheel up and take the helmet off for the last time when when will you know it's time to retire well either when you run out of money when we run out of money or I mean, I think for me, it would be, you know, when you're not competitive anymore, um, I, I think, you know, I mean, um, it's just, you know, the it, it's getting to be where you've got to have a lot of money to be competitive just because sure. yeah, it's just the technology doesn't stop and you need, you keep needing this and you need that, you know, where are we going to be in another five years from now? You right. Know? Yeah. So, but I think the biggest thing for me would be, I mean, other than an injury or something, you know, um, you know, when I, I, when I ain't winning, I ain't having fun. I know we can't win all the time, but you know, you got to be competitive. You want to at least be considered for it. I mean, I don't feel like I've diminished my skills at all since I started. So, I mean, if we could ever, uh, (laughs) redraw or draw, like, uh, other people i mean it would be it would help a lot you know what i mean i mean i I mean i just you know it i you know you can't keep track of stats like that your whole career but man there can't be anybody but worse starting positions and redraws than i've gone through in the last and they they all say oh it averages oh no it does i mean it does not average out for me so here's here's the new logo for 28 special race cars. It's a horseshoe that's upside down. It's like a just rotten luck Provenzino. And 
<laughs> I mean, when I ran the challenge series, there was a year that we were, I mean, I swear we were, we would redraw eight every single time. And I was like, I mean, it's ridiculous. And what really gets me going is when you, <laughs> you come in the gate, there was a time in Watertown, South Dakota, we came in there a challenge series in Watertown. You do not want to draw the back. Yeah, no. We drew a hundred out of a hundred there at a challenge series. Oh, right? Jesus. And we, there used to be a clip of this too. Um, anyway, we 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 drew a hundred out of a hundred. I think we raced into the. We got up to like second or third in the heat, so we ended up um, in the redraw. And the announcer was even making fun of me, laughing this and that. And I drew eight out of eight. Well got i had the most passing points redrew eight started eighth again while well, lucky we did win the feature from eighth that night water tone nice he did say i did get the last laugh and passed literally every car on the track yeah yeah i mean to do it at water tone that's tough i mean yeah because it's so small survival and, yeah know, um but yeah no that's but, fun that's, that's that, fun that, you know when 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 I don't think I can win, I mean, I still think we can win every time we go out there. And and I know it's not going to happen, but, I mean, you know, I'm not just going to go out there to drive around like Richard Petty did the last 70 yeah. years of his career just to yeah. be out there. I ain't, That ain't no fun for me. No, I, mean, I don't think it would be either. So so maybe that's that's the answer to Laura's question is when when you get in the car and you, you don't think you have a chance, maybe that's yeah. the sign. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So – Okay, so my next guest um, is is a guy that I think you're going to know pretty well because he's from your neck of the woods. Uh, he races in your class. Uh, his name is Jeffrey Massengill. You know, you must know Jeff pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And so your your question or that you get to ask him a question. So what what would your question? And it, this is perfect because you're same class. You're competitors with each other. I, I should have maybe cleared it with you. Maybe you, I, I hope you're friendly with each other. Like you're not, uh, you know, kicking each other's ass behind the trailer or anything like that. <laughs> Although if you race long enough, that's going to have like, you're like your best friend. You're going to have some beef with your best friend eventually. Right. Oh uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> we wrong. We race that long. You're going to, yeah. I mean, it. you're going to rub some fenders eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So what would what would your question for Jeff be? What uh, what's he gonna name his new new kid? Okay, like I don't <laughs> think he's gonna answer that. But are they they they're you're letting some news out? Maybe are they they're having a baby? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I, mean, I don't know. That just came to mind. I don't know. Maybe uh, break the news to everybody. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see if you're friends after this. <laughs> uh, what? Is the new baby's name nice? That'll he'll never, be that. He'll never think that's what I was gonna ask. Is is the real question? How do you always draw the one, Jeff? Is that is that the real? Is he who you're talking about? No, he ain't the one. <laughs> See now, I sort of that would have been that. funny if it would have been him though. It would have been. Yeah. I would have. I would have asked that question. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, no, man, I appreciate you taking some time away from the the fab shop and and uh, 
and and show like up above your shoulder there, showing off your heritage a little bit. You're you're a proud Italian guy, and like you, yeah, exactly. I see that. Uh, I see your guys' flag kind of on a lot of the stuff that you do. Look at that shot. Yeah, we just kind of incorporate that in there. I don't know. It just I don't. I love gotta it. Keep them, keep them guessing. I love it. So there's like in in rally racing, they they always have the flag with the you know it'll say T Pastrana next to the American flag kind of thing, and I think that's a you put that the Italian flag on the top of your car next to to J Provenzino, and uh, that would be pretty badass. I'll tell you a quick story about that flag. So, yeah. I'll uh. <laughs> This, this, it just happened to be this Labor Day week in the challenge series in Hibbing here at the Labor Day shootout. And we did a tribute throwback car for a, a racer, Bob Girardi, that was big in this area. And uh, anyway, we, we, uh, he, he's Italian and, you know, he, he's, he, I get the pleasure. He still comes by my shop all the time, almost every day, actually. So I, I've been saying for years, you know, we should we should bring that flag to the racetrack and when we go four wide and he give us some flags i'm gonna stick this one out the window yeah so we made the feature there at the labor day shootout and they come and bring a flag down to you to go out there yep the yep. trucksville builders challenge series and so i left mine in the trailer and i i brought that one with so when we got out there we we had that out the window and that flag is about as twice as big as one of them regular, <laughs> and uh, it was hard. I bet you heavy. It it was hard. I actually, I don't know how. I mean, it was it was a little windy and it was pulling me back. It was like so. Anyway, <laughs> I love there's it. pictures of that. Pictures of that all over, and I and I gave it to somebody to give back. Uh, make sure I got that flag back. So, so did but, they? Did anyone say anything about it? No, I was kind of we. I, you know, I. I uh, thought I was going to get a little more, uh, a little ass kicking, little shit for it. But in the end, it was, you know, it was all good. If that would have yeah. been Terry Bolts when he was running the challenge series, that would have been a different story. But I probably would have, I should have done it a long time ago. Yeah. No, I love that. I, those, those kinds of fun things that behind the scenes, though, it's what makes the personality of racing that's, I love that kind of stuff, man. Like you, well, they probably would have yeah. put me to the back. Something I was used to. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's where you're starting, anyways. Yeah, you're the best passer. Like that's your yeah. that's your claim to fame, man. So, well, man, I appreciate it, Jeff, taking some time out and and uh, and letting our people get to know you just a little bit better. And um, everyone needs to look out for that. It's it's always a black car. You always have a black car. It seems like the number twenty eight, and uh, that's where the twenty eight special comes from. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, everybody, that is Jeff Provenzino. I'll I'll get that. I'm gonna I'm gonna start at South of Hankley. I will get the Provenzino going on because if that's what your mom and dad said, that's that's what it is, right? Yep. Yeah. I'll I'll get that at my when you come to my track, it's Provenzino from now on. <laughs> All right. Awesome, man. After the checkers with Jeff Provenzino.